trying to give a big warm welcome for John Hey, what's going on, everybody? And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Views from the John podcast. I am your host, John Ares, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 41. I would like to thank, I would like to sincerely thank all of my listeners who took the time out of their busy days to write me after last week's episode 40 to point out a mistake I made. And isn't that just always the way, you know? (sighs) Why do so often us human beings, do we uh, reach out to uh, our friends and point out their mistakes, but uh, we never just reach out to them and say, hey, that's cool, you know? It's like only people only want to bring up your mistakes. They never want to praise you when you do something right. So granted, I get some people that'll write in and say, hey, that was a great episode. Thank you. They don't seem to leave it. Nobody, nobody wants to leave comments underneath the YouTube videos for some reason. You guys scared? Talk shit or tell me you like it or tell me to fuck myself. But it's okay. It's okay. But listen, so last week on the podcast, Uh, I usually start off the podcast by telling you what you're watching in case you somehow forgot. And I called it the Views from the John Forecast. Not a podcast, but I called it the Forecast. And I can't believe I said it. I had to go back. I didn't believe anybody. I went back and I rewatched it and I said, holy shit, I did say welcome to the Views from the John Forecast. And yes, I got 11 emails from 11 different listeners spread throughout the world saying, hey, did you realize you called your uh, your show the forecast and not the podcast? I didn't. But thank you very much for pointing that out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, they called me out last week for saying uh, the views from the John forecast. And, you know, isn't that just always the way? You know, people tend to point out your flaws rather than your good stuff. So thank you, everybody, for pointing out my mistake. I appreciate it. And uh, that kind of le- led me into another um, idea, you know, uh, and, and I've probably discussed this before. And uh, if I had a penny for every time I said, oh, I've talked about this before on my podcast, I'd probably be a millionaire, right? So anyways, uh, have you guys ever been a manager or are you a manager? Uh, I'm sure most of the people listening to this show have worked before. Maybe not. I don't know. And uh, you've probably had a manager. And uh, what really made my previous work experiences great or sucky wasn't really the work. It was my manager. I have had some of the most deplorable people uh, as managers ever. Ever. I mean, I've taken some verbal, physical, and mental abuse from some really effed up people in my life. And it really made me hate working. It made me hate managers. And then I've had some managers that I really looked up to like a father figure. And you know what separated the really bad manager from the really good manager? It was treating me like a human being. Not, you know, there's a way to ask somebody or tell somebody to do something as a manager without making them feel like they're less or worth less than you. Um, And as a manager, you don't have to be a dickhead. I'm telling you, 
If you are a manager that's constantly uh, walking around on your ego and you're telling people how to do stuff and when to do it in a condescending manner, your whole staff is going to hate you and they're only going to work just hard enough to not get fired. But when you have a manager that literally treats you like an equal, manages you, but doesn't treat you like they're the father and you're a two-year-old. And uh, rather than always only pointing out the shit that you messed up, even if you had a rough day, when you go to leave the office, that manager says, hey, John, thank you for coming in today, man. I really appreciate your hard work. That would literally make me leave the office in a great mood. Just knowing that somebody above me in pay, my manager, recognized that I did good work. So when I became a manager, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the exact opposite of the managers I had in the past. And to be a good manager, it really doesn't take a lot. If you just treat your employees like you'd want to be treated, you don't talk down to them, you don't condescend to them, there's a way to do it. And rather than always picking out their flaws, like, hey, man, you really botched this job, you botched that job, and you botched that job, it'll make you feel worthless. And then you're thinking to yourself, you know, in your mind, at your boss, like, dude, I crushed this, 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 and that. Worked 10 hours of overtime last week, didn't get paid for it. I do anything you want me to do. But the second I stub my toe, you're breathing down my neck. Nobody wants to work for a guy like that, man. So if you're a manager, really ask yourself, are you managing in a way that you would like? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take a lot to be a good manager. You just have to treat people with the same kind of respect. And that comes with body language, tone. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've said this before on my podcast. Duh, duh, duh. But again, in my life, uh, not a lot of shit. Like, and I hate to use this fucking new made-up term, triggered. But not a lot of shit upsets me in my life. It really doesn't. You could tell me that you murdered my family, Right? But if you tell it to me in a right way, I'm not going to get too, too angry. It's not what you say to me. It's how you go about saying it. And if you say it to me right, even if it's something fucked up, chances are I'm going to be like, all right, I get it. But if you ask me to do something as simple as picking up that paperclip off the floor, you're like, yo, pick that fucking paperclip up. I'm going to be like, dude. Fuck you, I'm picking that paper clip up. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's all in how you ask me. So anyways, thank you people for pointing out my flaws. I appreciate it. Obviously, this isn't a fucking weather forecast. If you haven't figured it out, it is a podcast. All right, so let's move on. Um, whew, we're living in crazy times, right? Strange times. However, uh, you know what? I'm not worrying about it. Why am I not worrying about it? Because uh, the truth of the matter is, and I've talked about this a lot in the past, but it, it, it is the truth, okay? Um, if you live on social media or you're watching CNN or Fox and you're doing it all day long, they paint the picture, they over, uh, what do they call it? They overhype everything, right? And if you're on social media all day and you're watching the news, it'll literally make you feel like the United States is about as weak and doomed as we possibly can get. But that is the um, sensualized, that is the over-sensualization of what's actually happening. 
you know, you turn on the news, you turn on social media, and it seems like everybody hates each other, and there's protests in the street, and just chaos. And then you walk out your door, and you go to your downtown area, and you got black and white people hugging each other. Everybody's getting along. People are wearing masks. None of this craziness that they're showing you on TV, I think, is actually the case. They do it to fire us up. But when you walk out the door, everything is fine, okay? They're over-dramatizing everything going on, and it's working a lot of us up, and it's dividing this country. And I keep saying it. All I want to do is see people relax, treat everybody like you'd want to be treated with respect, give people the benefit of the doubt, and let's all come together. Uh, so many times I use the hashtag for this podcast, Stronger Together, and I don't know what that hashtag actually means, but when I say Stronger Together, I'm trying to say that um, the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement and then the left, the right, CNN, everything going on, it's like it's almost like they're doing it on purpose. So we butt heads and we crash into each other, and that's what frustrates me the most. It's 2020. Let's act like it. Let's be progressive. Fuck this black-white narrative. I want to see everybody come together. Live and let live. Hug your neighbor. Even if you disagree, agree to disagree. Respect each other. I want to see the entire country come together as one unit. We're stronger together. There's strength in numbers. I want to see everyone come together as one race, Forget the fuck about your skin color. That doesn't matter. Forget about your sexuality. It doesn't matter. One group of people. Quit putting us in all these different separate groups. One power. One nation. All together in unity, pulling or pushing in the same direction. If we can do that, we're set. We're set. I want to do it. I want to be part of the solution, dude. And... uh if you tune into the news and you start arguing with your friends and you really buy into what's going on, you can lose your mind, and I'm guilty of it. But it's just, it's important to realize that the vast majority of what YouTube and uh, Twitter and uh, CNN, Fox News, all of that shit that they're showing and all those people that they're showing is literally a fraction of a percent of the United States population. Okay, so it's like 1% of the 360 million people that live here are the ones freaking out, causing the cancel culture, when the other 99% of us are just sitting here relaxed, ready to make a change, smartly, and with common sense, and that kind of stuff. So you really have to boil it down to this. You can't sit there and watch the news and be like, holy shit, the world's ending, I'm done. When in fact, that's what they want to paint in your head as reality. But it's not. Reality is whatever you see, okay? So I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Anytime life throws you lemons, it doesn't matter if you're having a bad day or you're having literally one of the worst days of your entire life. We have two options. Anytime life smacks you down, it doesn't matter whether you're upset over the state of the country, whether you're upset at Trump, Biden, whether you're upset at your landlord, your wife, your kids, 
or you're just tired of this country. It doesn't matter. You have two choices. It doesn't matter what hardship you come to. It, do, it literally doesn't matter. Apply this fix to anything that you feel like you can't control or is going to bum you out. You have two choices, okay? Anytime life throws you a lemon, no matter what it is, you have two choices. You can give in to the pain, you can give in to the emotion, you can curl up in a ball and you can cry and let it fucking drown you. Or you can take it on the chin, make the best of it and keep moving forward. Those are your only two choices. So no matter what happens today, whether it's uh, the country that's that I'm letting affect my mood or whether it's, uh, you know, a friend in trouble or whatever, you got two choices. You can grin, bear it and plow through it. OK, or you can give up. You can give up, you can give in, you can be scared, you can be an introvert, stay in your house and be scared to live. You have two choices. I'm not going to do the latter. I've done it before. I've suffered with depression throughout my life. I've had a lot of bad shit happen in my life, a lot of which I don't want to talk about. You know, and that's why when I hear about privileges, I'm like, yeah, it's, it is true. Some people definitely have fucking privileges, but I don't necessarily think your privilege really comes down to skin color, okay? There are some people of all colors that have just had life just repeatedly smack them down every single day. Life, mother nature, father time doesn't give a fuck what sexuality you are, what color you are. Life will reach out and squash you anytime it wants. It doesn't care what your skin color is. Life doesn't care. It'll shit on you whenever it wants out of the blue. It does not care. So we need to stop caring. Uh, and that's all I'm trying to do, people. So just, I see a lot of people, and I'm guilty of it too, over the past couple months with uh, Kobe Bryant in the left and the right and Trump and Biden in the election and coronavirus and now George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, Antifa, All Lives Matter, all this shit. It seems crazy. And if you let it, it'll drive you nuts. But I'm here to tell you that I've stopped letting it bother me. And that is exactly why. I can either give in to the pain and let the perceived craziness of this country emotionally affect me, or I can be like, I'm not going to let it. I'm going to take it on the chin and I'm going to smile and be the best person I can to my friends, family, and community. And that's what I'm doing. And I've been better for it. And the other thing is, is you cannot sweat shit that you cannot control. I cannot control how people feel about Trump, Biden, Black Lives, All Lives, Antifa, any of it. I can't control how you think. I need to respect how you think, even if we think completely differently, okay? And you need to respect how I think, even if my views don't match yours. But uh, I don't even really know where I was going about that. But the bottom line is, is that you Try not to worry about things that you cannot control. I cannot control the weather. I can't. So why am I going to worry about what the forecast is for two days from now? I'm not going to worry about it. I don't care. I can't control it. I've stopped getting angry at Trump because I cannot control what the guy does or comes out of his mouth. All we can do is cast our vote in November. That's it. 
So up until then, I ain't going to fucking stress about it. And I'm not going to be caught up in the news thinking the world's ending when you walk out of your own home and you go meet with people in your community and everything is fine, okay? So stop thinking that what CNN, the news, or Twitter, and what all these people are just tweeting is like the way the whole world thinks or the whole country thinks. It's a very small percentage that is being given this giant stage and light. Don't buy into it. Don't believe it. Get off social media. Turn off the news and you will be better for it. It's all propaganda in rhetoric with the, uh, with the end goal of pushing everybody in the United States further apart. You know, I think about, uh, I have friends that live in uh, Europe, in Paris. Uh, my band's record label is based out of Paris. And uh, so I talk to people all over the world. And something I've been thinking about recently is just how weak America must look right now to somebody that lives in, um, you know, South Africa or Europe or Japan or wherever else in the world. You know what I'm saying? I, we must look so stupid so stupid that here we are in 20 fucking 20 in that like to, to some people it seems like we're on the verge of another civil war and it's just like no we're not but that's the way the news is making it seem but man do we seem fucking weak the way that people just can't come together and just all wear masks people you know they got some people out there that just refuse to fucking wear masks they just don't give a shit then you got other people that will literally wear a mask inside their home when they live alone it's like dude it, 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 there's like no compromise it's either no mask or i'm gonna wear a mask in the shower and if i don't see you wearing a mask even if i meet you in the middle of the woods i'm gonna carry you out right it's just like fuck if everybody can just just mellow out you know, and just let live and let other people live and not worry and get involved in other people's shit. We'd all live in a better place. So I hope you get my point. My point is that uh, thank you for calling me out on calling my podcast the wrong thing, calling it a forecast. And uh, thank you for becoming a better manager or a better employee. And now that I gave you those tips and uh, uh, yeah, if you are stressed out, or wigged out over the way that America is perceived right now, relax. Because 99% of us, whether we agree or disagree, are all chill, relaxed. We don't want war. We want peace. We want resolution. Okay? So, as crazy as the news makes it seem, it's nowhere near that bad. So everybody relax. And if you're getting stressed out about it, unplug. And if you don't want to unplug, then just understand that what the news is showing you is uh, blown out of proportion. Uh, I cannot say the word centralized. It's not centralized. It's sensationalized is what I'm trying to say. The news wants to freak you out. Why do you think the news never gives you any good news? They want to freak you the fuck out. Why do you think CNN is, you know, in, in Fox butt heads? They want to divide us. And I said this last week on my podcast. If you are right-wing conservative and you only listen to Fox, you're not doing yourself any good because you're just listening to a news station that's telling you what you want to hear, right? And if you're left, Democratic, 
liberal, whatever, and you're watching CNN, it's no different. They're just feeding you the rhetoric that you want to hear. You're not doing yourself any favors. Tune the fuck out. I don't watch the news. I don't, but I still hear about it because there's other ways to get the news that's completely unimpeded. That isn't coming from Fox or isn't coming from CNN where it's not jaded and, uh, you know, but seriously, I would love to see social media just overnight, just shut down, shut down social media for like a month. Somebody needs to step in and just literally pull the plug out of the fucking socket for CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all of them, all of them. What happened to just presenting you the news as facts? What happened to it? I think along the lines that used to happen, but it's, it's just so far from what's happening right now. And like I say, if you're watching the news, you're doing yourself one of the biggest disservices you can do. And if you're listening to it and buying it as hook, line, and sinker, whether you're watching Fox or CNN, you're even more doomed. You're completely brainwashed and you're a sheep. And the only thing I can suggest you do is walk away from it. Walk away from it, and if you really want to know the truth about something, go to the library. Use the internet. There are ways out there to get the facts, the truth, and the whole story. I've said it before, and I'll probably say it 50 million more times. I don't care what party you represent, what color your skin is, what your gender is. I am going to vote in the best person for the job based on my own research, not Fox, not CNN, nothing they're saying in these fucking speeches, okay? That's how I do it. And uh, I don't know if the world was just more like me, right? We, 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 we'd all be all set. But no, seriously, just, I don't know. I'd like to think that this advice I'm giving you is just common sense 101, but there are some people out there that literally live on Fox or they live on CNN and they take what they're getting on those stations as uh, gospel. And that's not the case, bro. It ain't. I'm sorry, but that's not the case. All right, let's move on. So like I said, try not to sweat stuff that you can't control. You can't control Corona. You're not a doctor. You can't control Trump. You can't control the left. You can't control the right. You can't control the weather. You can't control protests. All you can do is focus on the shit in your life that you can control and that you can make better. Other than that, don't worry about it. You know, you guys ever heard of the serenity prayer? I did this on my podcast, I don't know, like four or five months ago. I think it's a Catholic prayer or it might just be a generalized prayer. But uh, I don't have it written down here, but I'm just going to try to pull it out of my uh, head. It goes something like, uh, God, grant me the wisdom to accept the things that I cannot change, and then the understanding of what I can change, and then like the power to change them. You get it? It's asking God or asking any higher power that you might believe in to give you the wisdom and the courage to understand what you can change in your life and what you can't. And anything that you can't change that's affecting you, no longer let it affect you because you can't change it. If you cannot change something that's negatively affecting your life, then don't sweat it. Focus on the shit that you can make better. 
and you have to have the wisdom and knowledge to understand what you can and what you can't change. And that's something that Jesus taught us. Whether you wanna believe in Jesus or you're not religious at all, if you ever read the Bible or the 10 Commandments, they're pretty good moral and ethical compasses to live by. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say that enough, man, that social media is a virus. And um, it'll make you sick if you let it affect you. And uh, you gotta remove yourself from that negativity and focus on the positives. Positive people, positive thinking brings along positive results. Negative thinking and negative people always bring about a negative result. And I wanna be about as far away from negative people as I possibly can. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about was uh, resolving conflict, okay? Uh, resolving conflict is a lot easier than people think it is. And um, what we need to resolve conflict, okay, is a calm, calmness, open, respectful dialogue, okay? Uh, if two people are in a conflict, whether it's a, a disagreement over something very serious or something very stupid, if one of us goes hard at the other person, you've immediately lost. Um, an, a great comic, local comic to me, who I miss tremendously, and I hope to see her this weekend at our, our, at our first uh, local comedy show happening here in my area uh, in a couple of days. It's, it, this will be the first show that we've had uh, in terms of us local comics uh, since early March. So anyways, uh, she told me over the winter time um, as, a, as an example of how to do stand-up or how to get better at it, a really simple analogy. And I've now taken her analogy and applied it to so many other things in life. But she told me, like, when you're, when you're on stage and you're doing stand-up and you're trying to tell a joke, you got to look at that audience like they're a pretty girl that you're trying to sleep with or get her phone number, okay? And if you see a pretty girl across the bar or a parking lot or whatever, and you wanna go up and talk to her, you don't just go up to her and try taking your dingling out, right? Because she's gonna be like, fuck that, no, no way, right? And you've already lost. And that's essentially what I was doing when I first started stand-up. I was coming at people way too hard putting the crowd on their heels immediately and I could never reel them back in. And whether it's trying to sell a car or it's trying to resolve a conflict, you, you can't come at somebody hardcore. If you're too emotional, it's just gonna ruin it, right? And that's what I was doing with stand-up. Rather than starting my joke off very subtly and then you know, making the crowd trust me and like me. And then they lean in, they want to hear more. And then I drop the punchline on them. And then they're like, whoa, I was just coming out way too quickly and pushing that like woman back because of how aggressive I was. It's no different. If you got two people, whether it's Trump, Biden, whether it's all lives matter versus black lives matter, uh, bikers for Trump versus NFAC or Antifa, it literally doesn't matter. If two people or two sides want to come together and resolve something, it's got to be done with respect, calmness, and open-mindedness, right? Because if you and I were disagreeing about how many stars Star Wars should have, whether it's a four-star movie or a two-star movie, 
if we walk into the same room to try to debate about Star Wars, right? And I immediately come at you and say, dude, you're a fucking dickhead. How can you possibly think that Star Wars could be two stars? It's a four star movie. I immediately just came at you aggressive. How do you think the other person's going to come? They're immediately going to be aggressive, right? You can't go down to a Black Lives Matter rally waving a fucking Confederate flag and think that you're going to have peaceful dialogue, right? It's already a charged up situation. You're not going to get anywhere. You ever tried reasoning with somebody that is completely angry or like drunk and you're sober or you're calm? It ain't going to happen. In order to resolve conflict, you really have to be cool, open-minded, calm, willing to listen to both sides of the story, willing to put yourself in that person's shoes and vice versa. But if you come at somebody too hard, too aggressive at any point in that conversation, the conversation's done and you've lost. So uh, that's just facts. So uh, hopefully that sticks in your head because you can literally apply it to everything. It doesn't matter whether you're literally trying to get a girl's number or you're doing stand-up or you're trying to sell a car or you're trying to resolve conflict. If you come at that person aggressively, they're immediately gonna pull back. And the conversation probably isn't gonna go anywhere and you're not gonna sell anything, you're not gonna resolve anything. But if you literally approach that situation or that sale or anything, like you're literally um, trying to say sorry to your mother, you approach it very calmly, very respectfully, it'll be amazing what you can accomplish. So again, dude, I'm 42 years old. I've fucked up constantly over and over and over again in my life, or I've just been smacked down by life, okay? Um, and I've learned all this shit by taking on these hardships and hope that I can pass this information along to you and you might be able to live a better life or make a better choice than I did, okay? Because I have stepped in shit too many times in my life and now I feel like I kind of know what to do. And I'm trying to give this advice and pass it along to you in hopes that one of you could listen to it and might have a better day, a better life, a better week, uh, something, okay? And I've explained this to people. My ultimate goal when it comes to having a podcast or a show, yeah, I'm a comic. But at the same time, when I get on this thing, um, I have nobody here in my studio, right? I'm the producer. I'm the podcaster. There's no fucking camera guy. There's no audio guy. Uh, I don't have a crowd to play off of. So I find doing a podcast completely by myself, it's probably not going to be too funny because, you know, I'm not here to do jokes. This is more of a like roundtable forum by myself where, yeah, I'm going to tell you some funny shit like, you know, having to pull shit out of my ass when I was constipated or falling out of the shower, just silly stuff like that. But I also have a lot of life experience and um, my ultimate goal when I really hopefully hit my stride and stand up uh, however many years ahead that is i want my stand up to not only be funny but i want every single bit to have that aha moment to where you can learn something where it has a valuable life lesson uh inside of the joke and I might have said this before, but uh, I think the best comedian and the best comedian working right now is Bill Burr. In one of my all-time favorite bits that Bill Burr has ever done um, is his bit about everybody needs lotion. 
okay? Uh, it's something that everybody can relate to from the white race and the black race. It is a joke that is kind of race-based, but it is not racist at all, uh, which is brilliant. You can literally apply this joke to all races, okay? And what this joke does is it actually brings people together. It shows you that no matter if you're white, black, Indian, it doesn't matter. We're all the same. We all get dry skin. And he basically wraps the joke up with, see, that's why you got to hang out with everybody. So not only was the joke relatable, hilarious, it doesn't matter what color you are, what gender you are, the joke was relatable, hilarious, and it tied it all in to the fact that you need to hang out with everybody from all races because everybody misses a little bit. And if you're a white dude and you're only hanging out with white people, you're not learning anything about other cultures. You gotta hang out with everybody. And that's what his joke was wrapped up as. So not only was it hilarious, not only did it uh, deal with race, which is a extremely tough thing to uh, do a bit about, but it was just universally accepted and it, it showed you that we're all alike and that you should hang out with everybody. And that's the kind of comedy I want to do. You know, I want to make people laugh, but I want to also give you that aha moment like, man, I never looked at shit that way. This is how I should be doing things or living my life. And um, that's my ultimate goal. And I'm nowhere there yet. You know, Burr's been doing stand up since 1992. Uh, the guy is literally almost 30 years into his career. Uh, and I am not even a year into my career. Plus, Burr is like the goat. So, you know, if I can even be as good as Bill's left toe eventually, I'll, I'll be pleased with that. But anyways, that's what you got to do. All right. On to another topic. Uh, I know this is probably depressing, but hopefully I'm going to tell you this depressing story, which will make you maybe appreciate your life a little bit better. Okay. Uh, I'm not married. I did have a girlfriend, but COVID hit, and that pretty much broke that off. Because when COVID hit, everyone was too scared to do a fucking thing, right? Uh, so yes, I live alone. I'm not married. I don't have kids. And I'm single. And uh, I realized last night that it has been literally, I think, four months and two weeks, something like that, since I have physically touched another human being. Uh, and that kind of blew my mind. It's literally been like four months and two weeks, I think. Uh, yeah, like 10 weeks or something like that. Like crazy. or No, like 14 weeks. See, I can't add. There's four weeks in a month. Four times four is 12 plus two. Yeah, 14 weeks. In 14 weeks, nobody, not another human being as the planet has laid a single finger on me. And I have not laid a single hand or finger on anybody else because I live alone. So if you live with a girlfriend or your boyfriend or you have a family that you live with that you can actually touch and hug every day, think about that for a second. There are millions, probably tens of millions of Americans that literally have not had the comfort of a hug or a handshake or any of that from anyone they love in 14 weeks. Meanwhile, some people out there are able to go hug their wife or have sex or hug their boyfriend, whatever, right now. So just think about that. Anytime that your life gets fucked up or you think that, uh, you know, everything is doomed, 
there are literally a million things right below your nose that uh, you, you, you take advantage of every day, but you don't think about, okay? I haven't touched another human being, nor can I, unless I want to risk getting COVID. Um, I haven't touched anybody in 14 weeks, and no one's touched me. And uh, yeah, the more I think about it, that's pretty rough. I've never gone my life not being touched in 14 freaking weeks, dude. Uh, you know, there used to be tons of handshakes and, you know, uh, fist bumps and hugs and all that kind of stuff, putting your arm around your buddy. None of that stuff, man. So it's just, it's trippy. It's trippy to sit here and think that I have literally not had human to human contact in 14 weeks. But yet other people that live with somebody can. And uh, if that's not something that you've thought of before, that's why I said it. it. It's rough for me not being able to have human to human touch and contact. But if you're one of those people that do live with somebody, have you thought about that? How many millions of us living in this country around the world haven't literally been able to touch another human being because of this pandemic? So if you do have the comfort of someone's touch, there you go. There's another thing that you probably never think about that you have, okay? So that's that. Um, you know, I got a lot of shit written down here, and we're already 37 minutes in. Let's move on to something else here. Um, something very, 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 very different from the first topics of this. Uh, oh, something I didn't do. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I was uh, thanking people for writing in about how I screwed up last week's podcast, calling it the forecast. But something I didn't do is uh, I keep reminding you guys that this uh, podcast is now on YouTube. We've been filming it for like eight weeks now. Uh, the numbers on YouTube for the views aren't great. Uh, I think as of last night, last week's podcast had like 12 views and four likes on YouTube, uh, which is really low. Uh, but again, I'm not even a year into my podcasting or stand-up career, so I don't have a huge fan base yet. When I look at Apple and Spotify and the Google stats, my streams are in the many, many, many of thousands. Um, so if you are out there streaming this podcast, I can't thank you enough. My streaming numbers continue to increase by a lot. I don't know how it's happening. I'm not spending any money with advertising or any of that stuff, but something's happening. It's working. My, my viewership in terms of the streaming uh, audio-only podcast is going through the roof. I don't know how it's happening, but I'm blessed. I thank you so much. But I just wanted to remind you guys that the podcast, if you want to watch it, is on YouTube. And if you could like, subscribe, and share the podcast on YouTube, that would help me out tremendously. All right. Um, next topic we're going to discuss is... All right, we are back. I had to pause the podcast, which wasn't as easy as it used to be because I had to pause the cameras and the audio. Somebody was ringing my doorbell. Hopefully that didn't come on through the, uh, the uh, whatever it's called, the fucking audio, right? You don't want to hear a ding-dong, ding-dong, do you? I didn't. All right, uh, because we had to pause the podcast, I completely forgot what the fuck I was... Uh, okay, yes. Um... 
uh, it might not be any secret, but uh, one of my favorite shows of all time is uh, South Park. There is not a topic or an event that South Park hasn't just lit up from both sides of it, okay? Nobody is off limits from South Park. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. Absolutely hilarious. Um, and uh, I don't know how big of a South Park fan you are, but uh, I literally watch South Park all the time. It's on like uh, almost every day on Comedy Central during the day and every night. So I've watched every episode a billion times. And there's one particular episode, um, can't remember the name of it, but uh, Randy Marsh takes a gigantic poo and he thinks it's literally the biggest in the world so they call the guinness book of world's records and they're like we don't have a record for that but you want to call the fecal standards of weight and measurement in zurich evidently they keep track of the biggest poo in the world and uh, they came out and they measured randy's poo and said yeah you you beat the record but uh, as the as the episode continues it turns out that the record that Randy beat Bono from U2 held that record before him and then once Bono finds out that uh, his long his biggest shit record has been broken eh, it's all over so fast forward to later on in the show and it's revealed that Bono uh, is the record holder not only is he is the biggest piece of shit in the world, Bono, literally and figuratively. And that's what the episode was about. And that made me think, when that episode was on the other night, it made me think, like, is there a Guinness Book of World's Records for the longest shit or the biggest? What is the biggest shit ever taken? And that made me look it up. And here's what we found out about the biggest shit ever taken. Um, let's see. The biggest shit ever taken was 26 feet long no shit <laughs> a 26 foot long shit and it was planned they did this okay it was a woman who took the shit and it was in 1995 and she was uh she was working with a nutritionist the nutritionist uh i guess at the very start she completely emptied her bowels they were completely gone and then for the next week the nutritious, the nutritionist that she was working with, um, fed her like uh, super high fiber diet. Just you know, a nutritionist came up with the best diet that would be the best consistently, the best consistency, I guess, for your gut to take a long, like solid shit, right? So um, she did this for a week, and every inch of her bowel was empty. And then they started and the nutritionist was feeding her a high fiber diet. And so she wouldn't poo. She had a butt plug in. Okay. So this was all planned out. They're like, we are going to break the biggest shit record. So let's get your whole intestine clear. Then we're going to plug it up with a plug. And then we're going to feed you the most high fiber diet possible. And you're going to wear a butt plug. So nothing comes out. So after a week, uh, she needed to take the shit. And obviously, you can't take a 26-foot-long dump in a toilet, right? It ain't going to flush. You can't measure it, blah, blah, blah. So they went to a bowling alley. It was the, it, they needed a long, hard, flat, private surface. So she literally started taking a shit and then, like, 
I don't know if they pushed her or she walked, but it was one solid long piece that just came out of her ass and went right down the bowling lane. And it was one solid 26 foot long piece. Nuts. Um, every part about this is nuts. I don't know why none of it makes sense to me, but, uh, and I would literally be crying laughing right now, but I literally cried myself out about this. But, um, I mean, 26 feet long. Evidently, um, I don't know how long your bowels are. I think there may be 11 feet or 13 feet. But, I mean, every square inch of this lady's bowel, from the butt plug, the exit, to the very top, was just full. And then when that thing squeezed out of that little hole, it turned the 13 feet long into a 20. So literally, that is the biggest shit in the world. So you can go and impress, uh, impress your friends or whatever that the longest shit ever taken was in 1995 down a bowling lane. And it was one solid piece, exactly 26 feet long. And, uh, you know, I brought that up to a bunch of my friends in a text thread that we share, and then we started talking about big shits, and I thought I was the only one that took monster shits. Literally every other morning when I shit, I have to um, uh, plunge the toilet. I don't know. I guess it's better than having diarrhea every day, but I take long, long, long shits, and they do not flush. And... Um, you know, that's why, uh, you know, you gotta, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of techniques I've been uh, taught in the past. There's one bit I used to do on stage that used to go over well. And it's, and it's, a, uh, it's a technique that my uncle Cletus and even my father shared with me. And it's breaking it up in pieces. Evidently, they've perfected the uh, technique of when they feel a long shit coming out, they actually snap it into pieces using the strength of their anus muscle. It's called breaking it up into pieces or the sausage technique, right? You can't take a three foot long shit and then expect it to flush. So what Uncle Cletus does is he'll pinch it off like every six inches. So he's left with six six inch long sausages as opposed to one three foot long sausage and that can flush a lot easier, right? So that's what my Uncle Cletus was telling me. He's like, dude, you gotta get your anus muscle stronger and break that shit up into pieces. And if that don't work, you gotta take one of your aunt's old spatulas from the kitchen and keep it under the sink. So in case you haven't been able to snap it up into pieces, you can literally go into that bowl and start stabbing it. And then you get it all up into like a fucking witch's brew and then it will flush. Nasty, right? Good old fucking Uncle Cletus, but yeah. Do you take long poos? Do you take a 26 foot long down a bowling alley? Uh, what else? We've been talking shit now for 46 minutes. Wow, it's amazing to me how much I wrote down here to talk about, yet, uh, what a fantastic way to uh, show people that they should hire me as their producer with all the fucking equipment errors I have wrong, right? I'm, I'm making such a name for myself as a fucking producer. Holy shit. None of my equipment works. Oh my God. All right. Uh, because the equipment...
I think we're still recording. I, I don't fucking know. Because the equipment is starting to die down anyways, I'm going to try picking up where I was. Um, there was an article I read the other day online, and it had something that I had never seen before. It actually told you uh, up top how long it would take you to read it. It would say this article will take you three minutes or two minutes. And I'm like, no shit. How do they know how long it's going to take you to read it? Some people read quickly and other people can't read very well. So, of course, I had to break out my stopwatch and be like, I want to see. They say it takes two minutes to read this article. I want to time myself. I want to know how long it takes to read this article. And uh, it said it would take two minutes to read it. And I think I read it in like a minute and 46 seconds. So, hey, pretty close. But I had never seen that before. Uh, actually, no, I have it written down. I just lied to you. Or I didn't lie to you, but I made it up without looking at my notes. It, it was a. It said that it said the article would take three minutes to read, and I tested it, and it took me two twenty two 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 lucky number right two two two. So yeah, said the article would take three minutes. It took me two minutes and twenty two seconds to read it. So I can read good. Uh, what else? Um, I tell you, these technical problems really just frustrated me because you have no idea the amount of. Uh, editing I'm going to have to do to sacrifice this recording because you got the audio going in one way, the video going in another way. The audio has literally stopped and restarted 15 times. I don't want to record another podcast, so I'm going to try to edit this together, but it's going to be a lot of work for me. Um, shit, man, I have so much more stuff to talk about, but uh, two quick things that we keep doing on this podcast that I'm trying to make regular segments, except I'm running out of ideas for the first one. The first one is the old man moment. The old man moment started out great. We were talking about rogue hairs and forgetfulness and, uh, you know, balding and, you know, loose skin and all that kind of shit. But, uh, you know, I think... Are we still recording? I can't fucking tell. All right. But anyways, this week's old man moment uh, really isn't a moment I had, but it's just really more of an understanding is that, uh, and I think I've, I'm probably fucking repeating myself here, but you know, getting older um, isn't as freaky or as bad as I envisioned it being when I was younger. Um, so age is nothing but a number. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When I was younger, in my 20s, I looked at people as at being 40 like they had stopped having sex. Like 40-year-olds don't have sex. Their, their, their sex organs are just completely torn up and hanging on the floor. Just, you know what I'm saying? And when you reach that age, as I sit here at 42 years old, I literally feel and look not very different from when I was 18 years old. My sex drive is still there. I still look okay with my clothes off. Not quite when I was 18, but it's really nothing but a number. I know when you might get up in your 60s and 70s and you really start to lose your mind and, you, and then you got you know hairs growing like this out of your ears. I'm not quite that generation they are now. I'd probably be calling old people boomers too because I was a dickhead when I was younger. I didn't get it. But now that I'm that age, I get it. And I'm telling you, you kids that are 20, 18, 30 that want to talk shit about 40-year-olds, you're going to get there. And you're not going to realize all the stupid shit you've said until you got there. Because once you get to be 40, dude, you're going to realize that you're literally no different than when you were 20. 
you just got a little bit more experience. But mentally and physically, there's not much different, dude. So just, you know, it's crazy. I guess you got to experience it to really appreciate it. But uh, it is definitely true. All right. Last thing really quickly. Um, what else do we do each week? Oh, the would you rather. This week's would you rather was sent in from, I didn't write his name down and my email isn't up, but uh, it was pretty good. He said, would you like to go back to the past or see the future? Like if I could only time travel once, would I go back or would I go forward? And uh, this is a topic I could probably talk about for an hour because uh, this isn't the first time I've thought about this. And um, I can't remember your name. I'm sorry. Um, I will call you out next episode. Um, but that question is such a loaded question. Um, can I can I travel in time and come back or do I have to stay there? Um, honestly, if there's no rules with this whole time traveling thing, like I had my own DeLorean and my own Doc Brown, um, I would love to go back to, um, I think, 18 years old. If I could go back to age 18 and retain all the information I have right now and go back into my 18-year-old body, I would relive life again from 18. Still, still being able to retain everything I know now, but I just literally, in the blink of an eye, I just slide into my 18-year-old body with all the knowledge I have now, I would do that. Um, and it wouldn't be so I could bet on the... Uh, you know, 2004 World Series and put all the money on the Red Sox and, you know, or bet on buy Apple stock knowing that, you know, it, it wouldn't be about making money. Granted, I would definitely make some money knowing the future, but just to be able to go back and relive my senior year of high school again, uh, see my friends from high school again, uh, knowing everything I know now, it would just make it so much more incredible to be able to relive my life going back to 18 years old with everything I know now. And uh, I just feel like I would just be able to crush it. And that brings me to a good point. There is no time machine. The DeLorean does not exist. So please don't spend your life wishing that you could go back to being 18 or 20 or 30 and wishing that you could relive it again. That's a fantasy. We don't get to hit the reset button or the pause button in the game that we call life. That's why it's important that if you're going on a vacation to the Caribbean or you're going on a special dinner with your man, your lady, whatever, make the best out of every day. Because like I said, life just like that will fuck with you. And in the next minute, you could be gone. So you can't live in regret. You can't live in the past. You just have to live every day like it's your last. And you got to be happy. Being happy, I can tell you unequivocally, is a better feeling than being sad. We get one chance on this planet. You're going to live it in fear and depression? Or are you going to go out there, take some risks, and smile, laugh, and have a good time? I'm doing the latter. And I hope you will too. This has been a very messy version of the Views from the John podcast. I've been your host, John Harris, and I hope you had a good time today listening to my bullshit. I didn't get to a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, 
but at least the rest of my day will be extremely busy trying to edit all the different audio mistakes. And I wouldn't be surprised if I have to record another podcast because as I'm looking at my screen here, my audio recording screen, there is just audio errors everywhere. I don't know what is up with my Mac today, but it's not good. But anyways, I hope you had a fun time listening to my forecast, which is, by the way, sunny, 80, summery. Get out and enjoy it. Anyways, be cool, be chill, relax, love your neighbor, uh, go shake hands with somebody from another race, learn about them, uh, and just let's have a good time, people, right? Life is too fucking short. Don't let this craziness that everybody's pushing define you or define your summer, or define uh, how much, how happy you're going to be. Unplug from it, go do something that you love, go hang out with somebody that you love, and go do something productive with your time, okay? This has been another edition of uh, the Views from the John podcast. I've been your host, John Harris, and thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much. Bye.